You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Hey, turn into uh, your in your Bibles or whatever means of technology again, like you're using, to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. As you do that, um, I was reminded uh, just this week by a uh, a news flash that came over uh, my my phone. Um, it reminded me of one of the most incredible days um, that I w- will always remember. It was uh, March, oh, I'm sorry, it was May 11th, 1991, when I was in the Big Island of Hawaii. Um, what I got to see there was something that was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, and it was a solar eclipse. And I got a news flash saying that we will also get to see a solar eclipse here in Charlotte on August 21st. And so if you, most of you know what a solar eclipse is. It's when the moon's trajectory passes between us and the sun and it blocks it out where, where day turns to night and then night turns to day again. And it's one of the coolest things that you will ever see. And I remember in 1991, I wasn't even serving Jesus then. I was, I was a long ways away from God. But when, but when that thing occurred, I was like, that's a God thing that happened right there. And, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a solar eclipse. It doesn't matter if it, it's the dancing of the northern lights, the incredible splash of color in the most beautiful sunset that you've seen. It all reminds me of what Psalm 19.1 says. It says this, that the heavens proclaim the glory of God, that the skies display his craftsmanship. He is a glorious creator. And his, his power and his might and his majesty is so visible to the naked eye. And, but here's the thing. The, the incredible creativity of God, his power and his craftsmanship that's demonstrated in the night sky. Did you know this? That even the greatest telescope, the greatest images that NASA would bring back to us here on earth, we only see 5% of our universe. Only 5%. 95% of our entire universe is unseen. In fact, my, my son and I, um, he's, he, he likes to nerd out on science things. And so we were like on this road trip, and he's nerding out to this podcast. And he's saying, Dad, you got to listen to this. And so I'm driving, and which is dangerous. If I'm listening to anything of science and driving, I'm going to fall right asleep. But my son, he kept talking and talking. And so I'm like trying to really tune into him. And we're listening to this thing, and it was blowing me away. 95% of our universe is made up of something called dark matter. Dark matter. So you, you have neutrons, you have protons that are that are all throughout the universe. And, and the only way we even know that it's there is because when they collide together, energy is released, heat's released, and we can capture that and we can know that there is something out there even though we can't see it. Put it this way. It's substantive, but it's unseen. It's substantive, but it's unseen. 95% of everything that we have in this universe is substantive, but it's unseen. You know what I love about the Bible? Is that so often the Bible is just waiting for us to catch up. Listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says that for through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see, and he made the things we cannot see. 
And then he goes on to describe that it goes beyond just protons. It goes beyond just neutrons. The substantive things that we, are, that we cannot see, he goes on to say, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and everything was created for him. That's your God. That's the God that we worship this morning. That's the God that we serve. And the incredible thing is that while we live in a substantive yet unseen world 95% of the time, you know what God invites us to do? God invites us to move from the 5% seen into the 95% that's unseen. There's an invitation for you and me to move beyond the 5%. Here's an here's a invitation that God gives us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He says that we live by faith and not by sight. It's an invitation to you, son. Move from the 5% into the 95%. Hebrews 11:1 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You know what that is? That's an invitation to you, daughter. Move out of the 5% and into the 95%. God's called us to go beyond what we see in the flesh and to move into what he sees. Because let me tell you what he sees. He sees that which is good. It's good for your life. It's good for the lives of those that are around you. God has called us to move into the 95%. That's called living by faith. But let me tell you something. Living by faith is not safe living. It's risky living. If you're going to live by faith, then you are going to take a risk. And people are looking at me like, what are you talking about? To live by faith means to live by risk. Listen, put it this way. Faith doesn't allow you to play it safe because God's not safe. How many of you remember growing up on the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Uh, How many millennials just saw the movie? Okay. All right. That's great. That's cool. That's cool. There's this, there's this one part in the movie where Mrs. Beaver is talking to Lucy. And Lucy says, well, is Aslan. And Aslan is the Christ-like figure, right? And, and, and Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And she says to, Miss Beaver says to uh, Lucy, well, is, 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 well, Lucy says to Miss Beaver, is, is he safe? And Miss Beaver says, of course he ain't safe. But he's good. He's the king. And I think about that in terms of our God. He's a wild God. Look at what he does in in creation. Look what he did at the cross. He's wild. He's unsafe. But he's good. And he's the king. And he invites us to risk it all. for What he does is he invites us to move from the 5% into the 95%. In your notes, write this down, that our God is the God of the miraculous who desires to manifest his supernatural power in our lives. We are called, equipped, and positioned to experience the miraculous. You are called, you are equipped, and you are positioned to experience the miraculous. But in order for that to happen, you got to take a risk. You can't play it safe. How many of you this morning would agree with me that there are um, meaningful risks and there are unmeaningful risks? Meaning that there are some things worth risking and some things not worth risking. 
To me, the news story that I saw from just a couple of weeks ago is an example of a risk not worth taking. How many of you guys heard of Alex Holland? Here's a nut job. I think we got a picture of him up here. He is just absolutely... Okay, so he's insane. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't know if you can quite tell what's going on here. He's at Yosemite Park, okay, in California. There's a mountain there called El Capitan. They like to climb this mountain, 3,000 feet high. This dude is climbing it with no ropes, no safety gear, no help, just climbing it himself, freestyle. How many of you would say, okay, that's, a, that's an unmeaningful risk, right? <laughs> Especially for a guy like me where I get, I get scared just in an elevator going to one floor. I get scared of that. Here's this dude going 3,000 feet. But the reality is there's meaningful risks and there's unmeaningful risks. But every single day we take a risk, right? And so what we weigh out as a risk reward system. Is my risk worth the reward? Every single day you take risks. You take risks just going out of your house. I take a risk and I have to, I have to measure that against the reward. I got to say, okay, I'm going to get into my car. And getting into my car, it carries with it a risk. I could get in an accident. But is the reward of going to Sweet Fire Barbecue worth that risk? <laughs> to which I say amen and hallelujah. Every single day, twice on Sunday, if it was open, I would take that risk. Here's the thing. Every single thing in our life, it's a risk-reward. Is it meaningful or is it not meaningful? And I can promise you something this morning. And it's not something I think i got to convince you of because so many of you have experienced it for yourself. Every single time you risk stepping into the 95%, you understand that the reward is an expansion of the kingdom of God here on earth, and that's worth it. Moving from that 5% to that 95%, might you face risks? Yes, you're going to. I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to face risks. Is he dangerous? Yeah. But he's good. And where he'll take you at that time of risk is good. Listen, there's this passage in Luke chapter 5 I want us to look at real quick with the time we have remaining. It's about a group of individuals who were willing to move from the 5% to the 95%. Listen, where we pick up in that in chapter 5, verse 17, it says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. That's the 95%. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. That's the risk because they see the reward. That's the risk that we're going to take our paralyzed friend. We're going to step into the 95% with an expectation that the 95% is going to occur. I'm going to take that risk and I'm going to bring this man, this friend of ours to Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they doubled down. They doubled down on that risk. They went up on the high, up on the roof and lowered him in his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. You talk about a group of individuals who were not content, who were not satisfied to live in the 5%. That they would do whatever it took, take any risk that it, would that, that, that it required to move into seeing the 95% occur. It says when Jesus saw 
their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Isn't that interesting? The very first thing he says is, friend, your sins are forgiven. Let me make a quick point here before we move on. Understand this, that the forgiveness of your sins, that the grace of God is the greatest 95% that could ever happen. The greatest miracle that has ever occurred in my life is that he took, (laughs) sorry to say this in church, a bum like me, and that he said, son, your sins are forgiven. What a miracle. Well, so some of you don't know me because you don't know how big of a miracle that is. That God could forgive someone like me. That was the first miracle occurred. But how many of you know our God is a God that goes above and beyond? He didn't stop with that miracle. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Well, how about this other part of the 95% or to get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately, see, there was the risk. Here comes the reward. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. He went home praising God. Listen, moving into the 95%, moving into the unseen, the intent of that, the end result of that is not just so you can experience something that's freaky. It's not something that's not something just so you can go, wow. The goal of stepping into the 95% is that God would receive worship. When they took the risk and they came into the presence of Jesus, the end result was that that man went home worshiping. Listen, when we live by faith and not by sight, when we step from the 5% to the 95%, God is worshipped there. People will see the miraculous occur in your life. They'll see the change in your life. Because let me tell you something. You can't help but notice someone who has moved from the 5% to the 95%. And when you notice that, something happens. God is honored and God is worshipped. But you've got to ask yourself some questions this morning about that risk-reward. First question I want you to ask yourself, write this down if you would. Number one, are we willing to risk our reputation to see God honored and his power revealed? Are we? Let me personalize that. Are you? Are you willing to risk your reputation to see God honored and his power revealed? Those friends were. Not only would they take the risk of their reputation of bringing a paralyzed man on a mat to Jesus because they were in pursuit of the 95%. They took it a step further. They went all HGTV remodeled TV show, ruined the roof, lowered him down. You talk about a reputation risk? Yes, it was. But let me tell you something that was different about them than it is about most people. They were more desiring revelation than reputation. They wanted more revelation than reputation. They wanted to see a revelation of the 95%. The stuff that is unseen. The power of God to work miracles. And so they were willing to move beyond the the, the sacredness that some people look at as their reputation. To be able to risk seeing the 95% occur. Listen, I promise you this. If you want to live as a risk taker, your reputation will fall in line. 
Listen, people are comfortable in the 5%. People, people have become used to the 5%, the stuff that is seen. You start living outside the 5%, your reputation is going to go out the window. You're going to find yourself not having as many friends. Jesus told his disciples as much in John chapter 15. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it first hated me. Your reputation is bound to suffer. But your reputation in the sight of God, man, isn't that a reputation that you'd rather have? Wouldn't you rather look like a fool to everybody else, but look like someone who is just passionately in love in his eyes? And that's the reputation I want. Number two, you've got to ask yourself this question. Are we willing, willing to risk our schedule to experience the miraculous of God? Listen, the 95% doesn't always work on your timeline. Okay? I'll bet you those friends that were carrying the paralytic, they probably came from the Sea of Galilee. How many of you know, I mean, in their timeline, they could have been chilling at the beach. They could have been out on the boat tubing one another. I don't know. They could have been doing all kinds of things, right? But you know what? To move from the 5% of what is seen into the 95% of what is 95% unseen, you know what that requires? That requires taking your schedule and throwing it out the window. Because we move in lockstep of where God is going and what the Holy Spirit's doing. We don't require the Holy Spirit to follow us. And if the Holy Spirit is following us, we got it all wrong, don't we? It ain't going to happen, number one. Number two, when I follow Him, i got to follow His time schedule. And sometimes that can be inconvenient. How inconvenient are you willing to be to allow that 95% to flow through your life and to occur? It's that risk-reward. Number three, are you willing to risk our understanding of God to make room for what He might do? Listen, I know that there's a whole group of individuals who are cessationists that believe that the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit ended with the early church. I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, everything from healings to the spectacular, they are alive and well today. And it may require some people who grew up in in a different frame of mind to readjust their thinking of God. God is not put in a box. Listen, so many times, some of us, if we're not careful, we can make a God of the Bible the God that's not in the Bible. We, we, we want to see the God that's in the Bible, not the one that we've created that's of the Bible. And so what that requires of us is a willingness to take our theology and to place it underneath the authority of what God's Word says. And God's Word says this, I invite you into my supernatural. I invite you to join me in the 95%. And in order for us to do that, we've got to get to number four. I'm going to get you out of here. We've got to ask this question. Are you willing to risk your comfort that God might reveal his greatness? Are you willing to risk your comfort that God might reveal his greatness? I don't have time to read it, but I want you to flip over real quick to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, because I want you to read this for yourself this week. Luke chapter 7. Sorry, I just lied to you at church. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. I want you to read that this week because to me, this is, this is one of the most um, heartbreaking, 
passages of Scripture. I'm just going to give you an overview and you can read later on. Jesus <clears throat> goes across the sea, Galilee, goes to a place called Gerasenes. And as he gets to this place of Gerasenes, there's a man, de- demoniac. In fact, he has so many demons in him that when Jesus speaks to him and asks him what his name is, the demon's name, the demon says legion. At that time in the Roman, um, Roman army, a legion comprised of 6,000 soldiers. 6,000 soldiers. Whether it was 6,000 demons or whatnot, there, there was a lot of demons in there. This man was known throughout the entire community of running naked, living in tombs, breaking chains, howling. Every single, you know, Freddy Krueger movie you've seen, or you know someone's seen because you're too holy to have ever watched a Freddy Krueger movie, that was him. And Jesus went from the 5% to the 95% and he cast out those demons. And those demons fled into this herd of pigs and the pigs launched themselves into the water and they drowned. That's not the sad part. Here comes the sad part. The sad part is the townspeople came to Jesus. They said, the Bible tells us that they were afraid and they asked Jesus to depart. Here's this, this is the most heartbreaking verse that I can think of. It says, Jesus got into his boat and he left. Think about that. Think about this. That group of individuals were more comfortable with a crazy, demonic, possessed man, naked, sleeping in tombs, than they were with the power of Jesus Christ revealed. Here's, 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 here's where I'm getting to with this. Here's, Jesus is an invitation-only kind of Jesus. Being in this, he's only going to move in the supernatural and in power where you allow yourself to get uncomfortable and say whatever you want. Whatever you do, whatever you're wanting to do, Lord, no matter how uncomfortable that makes me, You're not safe, but you are good. And I will follow you. Don't ever get comfortable with a life that's shackled. Don't ever get comfortable with routine. Take a risk. Let's be more like the friends who brought the paralytic who, was, who were unwilling to live in the 5% and desire that 95% than we were the people of Gerasenes who said, no, the 5% is all I want. The 5% is what I, I'm used to. The 5% is what I'm comfortable with. The 5%, it's safe. Let's stop being a people who are safe. Let's start being a people who take risks and expect God to move in power in our lives. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we want the 95%. We want to be a people who chase after that 95%. Lord, because we want to see, first and foremost, your name worshipped. We want to see your kingdom expanded, not just in our life, but everywhere we may go. And so, God, for that to happen, the supernatural must occur. And, Lord, this morning, I pray that we would be passionate.
Lord God. Passionate to see that happen. Lord, whether it be whether it be us speaking prophetically over someone, whether us be praying for someone for healing, Lord God, let us not be afraid to take risks. God, whether that means even you moving supernaturally in our own life to help us break bondages or whatever it might be, God. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just be poured out and we would have the faith to see what others cannot. Lord, I give you glory and we give you just all, all praise, God. And we ask that as we go out of here today, Lord, that you, Father, would continue to lead us into the 95%. And all God's people said. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.